19. I want to make a quick uh, public service announcement to your pastor's uh, ignorance and naivety. Um, there's, there's a few of us in this church like me that can't hide what you're feeling. Your expressions betray it. Some of y'all can just, you're good Pharisees. No one ever knows, you know, but mine, I'll be, what? And, um, and on baptismal Sunday, you have to bear with me. I did not know this, and so I own it. We had our mic hanging over the water, and I'm thinking, dear Lord, don't let nobody die on my shift, you know? <laughs> Making pastor kill someone, you know? And my face did one of these, and I was instructed by guys that know far more than I do. They said, there's no power in a microphone. And I said, what meaneth this? There has to be power in a microphone. I said, no. And they told me about all the circuits that it's an inverted, exverted, and it, it's just a swap of something in the, I said, so there's no power in a microphone. They said, no. So all that you saw on my face is because I don't know what I'm doing. So aren't you grateful for our sound team that does know what they're doing? Okay. First Kings 19, beginning with verse 19. So Elijah departed and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Now put your finger right there. Uh, the Lord gave me the opportunity to share from this text on Wednesday with the men's Bible study, but I was so moved and saw so much stuff in it as I was talking, I just felt I wanted to share it with you this morning. All of the Old Testament points towards Jesus, shadows, types. The New Testament points backwards and shows you the fulfillment of those types. Now, types in the Old Testament are not complete, which means you can't run the type all the way out because that type dies, that type fails. But in its message, it is perfect. And this is a type of the Lord's calling on our lives, the calling unto us. So with that mindset, Christ is Elijah and you are Elisha. Okay. And he threw his mantle upon him and he left the oxen, Elisha did, and he ran after Elijah. You remember that day when he just uninvited found your hiding place and beckoned you unto himself? And, and, and Elisha said, let me just go kiss my mother and father goodbye and I will follow you. He said, go back again. What have I done to you? And he wasn't correcting him. He was saying, sure, you know, I'm, this is your choice. I've not made you do this. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. And he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. So stay, remain standing for just a moment and then you can sit down. And I'll stay standing, but I've got water, so it evens out. Okay. Elijah walks by. He's in the field. He throws his mantle over him. And he says, this transcends everything. This arresting, this man of God. See, that was God's voice in that day. So he goes and takes a team of oxen, probably his, kills them, cooks them, feeds everybody, hugs his mom and daddy goodbye and says, my life is never going to be the same after this. It doesn't mean I don't love. It doesn't mean I'll forget. But I am shifting all of my purposes, my plans, my goals, and my dreams after him. 
This is to be the normal Christian life. The serving of the Lord. And see, we've been taught salvation so much that we are fuzzy on servanthood. We are made sons by the will of God, but we are made servants by our will. Every servant of God is a son, but not every son is a servant. We are made God's sons because of what Christ has done, but we are made servants by what we have done. Our sonship is a matter of position. Our servanthood is a matter of preference. Being a son is who I am, but being a servant is what I do. Son is a position. Servanthood is a privilege. Nothing you do can ever add to your sonship, but only what you do will be counted towards your servanthood. God won't do it for you and others cannot do it for you. Only what you do for the Lord will you find in eternity to your ledger. And don't forget, those among us who serve the Lord and others are the greatest among us. God's word tells me to provoke you unto good works, especially as I see the day approaching. We are in the last gasp of air before the return of Jesus Christ. Let us not be so found in salvation alone that we forget. When Saul was knocked off his donkey and he saw Jesus, he said, who are you? He said, I am Jesus. His first words were, what do you want me to do? I want to speak to you this morning about your service unto God, the church, and others. I want to talk to you about the servant of the Lord. Would you pray for me as I pray for myself? Lord, I believe this word was not only for our men. I believe it's another layer for our church. Open our eyes, Lord, and let us see like an accurate full-length mirror. God, I don't want to just get the salvation part right. I want to get the servanthood part right. Lord, when you come, you're not going to talk about my gifts. You're not going to talk about my abilities. You're not going to talk about my possessions, my zip code, what I drive or what I wear. You're going to use terms like this for some people and others won't hear it. You're going to say you are a good and faithful servant, not a son, although they are sons. Lord, give me the courage and the character to be selfless. And to serve you with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Let it happen today in our hearts, Lord. Let us make the shift. Let our salvation turn into servanthood, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. Servanthood is marked, keep your Bibles open, by the master's call. Servanthood, the servant of the Lord is marked by the master's call. It said, Elijah went by, in verse 19, and cast his mantle upon him. I know this is a matter of semantics, but it's important that you be able to differentiate and know that even though people's motive in saying this 
It's not that it's wrong. It's just not altogether correct. There's a more correct way to say it. They'll say things like, I'm called to the ministry. I'm called to pastor. I'm called to be a worship pastor. I'm called to be a children's pastor. I know what you're saying, but, but no. There's one calling unto him. And from that, what we call callings are assignments. Assignments. Now, technically it is a calling, but by saying it this way, you understand that the calling is unto the person of Jesus Christ because the assignment can change, but he won't change. You get old and your voice starts to, to waver and you, your, your gift may change. Or See, you're more than your gifting. So what happens to the music leader that loses their voice? What happens to the preacher that starts to get Alzheimer's and can't finish his sentences? What See, he doesn't stop existing and the call remains the same. The call is not expressed in gifting alone, but in the heart of servanthood. This servant is called by the Lord personally. When he found my hiding place, he wasn't just thinking about my salvation. He was thinking about the yield of my life for his glory. I can prove it to you. I can prove it. See, we think, oh, if, if it was just one, he'd have came and died for the one. And that's it. That's the end of the story for them. Well, then why didn't he just kill you and take you to heaven? John, you saved. You got, I got his, my, my, the old account is, 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 is erased. As far as the east is from, bam, and takes me to heaven. I was done with you. The salvation was for something so that now with my affection set on Elijah, my heavenly Elijah, with the remembrance of when he called me. I remember the day of my surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, July 6, 1986. But I remember the awareness that he wasn't just forgiving me, he was beckoning me to come on. John, Come out, come over, come past. And here it is. I hope you can. I wish that your pastor was more educated and articulate to let you see the dramatic application of this. So come out, come over, come through, separate and come with. Do you see that? Don't you dare think that the greatest thing going on in my life is a stage to stand on. Mm -mm. it's to come with. He called me personally to come after him. If any one of you want to come after me, come on, but you got to deny yourself and you got to pick up your cross and follow me. He calls us unmistakably. When Elijah walked by and threw that heavy, uh, you'd think comforter, piece, thick piece of comforter over him and it wrapped around his shoulders, he wasn't thinking, I wonder if God's trying to tell me something. I wonder if... Elijah is trying to tell me something. It is unmistakable for you. And this calling is from and unto. From and unto. So for those of us in ministry, we're serving the Lord. We're serving him with gladness. You need to separate and more clearly articulate that that's not my calling. That's my responsibility. So you can say, you know, I have a calling to be a father, but it's more accurate to say I have a responsibility. And I serve the Lord 
in the areas of my responsibilities and assignments. He called Elisha away from, unto, away from his life, unto Elijah's life. Away from his family and friends to a land that he would show him. Away from his business unto God's business. It's good, isn't it? This is, y'all, y'all says yum, yum. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm preaching and I'm not impressed at all with me, I hear the word and the Bible says, thy words were found and I did eat them and they were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. See, this is my story. Who was who I? Just a man with dirt between his toes plowing in a field and he called me. John, follow me and I'll make you something that you're not. I'll make you, I'll make you a fisher of men. This master's call, well, the servant of the Lord is marked. See, you're marked by the master's call. You can act like that day didn't happen, but in your history, there's a moment slated and it's recorded where he has called you unto himself and some of you pushed the mantle off as if it never happened. And you've settled with a salvation that only reaches as far as what God did for you. And my salvation is totally God's work in my life. But my response to that salvation is what qualifies me to receive heaven's recognition and reward from Jesus himself. The servant of the Lord is marked by this calling. It's a calling to follow, not lead. This is hard for type A personalities, male and female. When, when God puts his mantle on you and says, unto me, you live means I don't need help, but I always drive. You ain't driving no more. I always lead. You're not leading anymore. It's kind of like leading in a house with a strong wife. You lead when she lets you, you know. Don't, don't look straight ahead, guys. Don't, don't, don't look. But with the Lord, if you have the illusion that you're leading, you're not following. Oh, that was good. If you're walking with the Lord and you have the illusion that you're leading, you're not following. Follow me, John. Follow my words, my precepts. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, it is those that are the sons of God. And Jesus said, if you come after me, you got to deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. It is marked. The servant of the Lord is marked by the master's call, but it's the son's call to answer. We are to answer immediately without questions. You you don't bargain with God. If you have a, well, God and I talked it over. Ah. What do you mean? Ah. It's like trying to get through the airport with anything in your pocket. Ah. Stand there, ah. turn around. Ah. And then you go, oh, my bad. Well, you don't come into the Lord's presence with with negotiation and, and questions. That's pockets full of metal. Follow me. Yes, sir. Do you have anything on you or in you that would prohibit you to follow me? Well, what? I, no questions. Hey, John, would you consider going into ministry? I mean, I know, you know, I know you're 24 and you got some plans, but I'd like to you to prayerfully consider. I'll think about that, Lord. Well, get back with me when you want to because I'm an understanding God. Follow me. Follow me. 
Do you know the Lord in that way? See, yes, I know him as a, a father. I can just come and get in his lap. I can approach him and I can receive affection, but I'm also a servant. I'm also a soldier that takes orders. You see, it's a multifaceted expression of one reality of salvation. But this morning we're focusing on sonship and it's yours to answer. How did you answer the call to follow and serve him? Following him is not just stopping doing stuff. I don't know who this is for, but you, you, you're just proud of yourself. I don't sleep around no more. I don't get high. I cuss a little. I don't do nothing. I don't, you know, I don't get high no more. I don't do drugs. I don't, I don't go watch uh, porn, pornography. I don't do all that stuff. I don't do that no more. So what do you do? What do you mean? It's kind of like AA or NA. No offense, but we identify ourselves by what we don't do. My name's John. I'm an alcoholic. There's no real hope. I just, you know, I, but I'm three years and two months. Three years and two months of what? I'm not drinking no more. What do you do? I don't, I don't what do I do? I don't drink. <laughs> don't do is not the same as doing. My consecration is not servanthood. Servanthood looks like it's hard, to, it's hard to see because it's disguised in work clothes. Either this is really good and y'all are pondering or you're like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Servanthood comes disguised in overalls. Works look a lot like work. Are you a servant of the Lord? The servant of the Lord, their life is marked by God calling them unto himself and the evidence of their maturity that they know you didn't call me just for me. Lord, what would you have me do? And they give their life back to the Lord. Whosoever will save his life, what? Lose it. But whosoever loses it for my sake shall find it under life eternal. Number two, the servant of the Lord gets to walk with his master. In 2 Kings 2, if you want to turn in your Bible there, it said, Elisha went with Elijah unto Gilgal. That's the part that is precious to me. There's parts that are, that are unmistakable, that are tender, but where he gets to walk with the master, learning by him and with him, being shaped and growing, being in his presence and hearing his words. How many of you have mom or dad or grandparent on the other side that you would just take years off your life to have an hour. Yeah. And how many of us, this is honesty now, we were so young and stupid. Lord, I, I just wished I would have listened. I wish I would have just spent time and gleaned. I remember when I first went into ministry, I would call pastors and ask them, could I take them to lunch? I did this many times. I have my clipboard and my pen. And I said, I, I I asked him, could I go to lunch with him? I said, I didn't come from fellowship. I said, what? I said, it's my treat. Will you just talk? I said, what do you mean? Just talk. Not only do I want to know what you say, I want to learn how you think. And let me tell you about your pastor. I, I listen to people and I listen to other preachers and I listen to mentors, but I'm way more interested in learning how you think 
Because if I can grasp how you think, that's the goose that lays the golden egg. The information is the golden egg. When you walk with Jesus, you get the mind of Christ. Isn't that good? You get the heart of Christ. There are some things that Jesus, they're taught. And other things are caught. You get the countenance of Jesus. You get the disposition of Jesus. You get the priorities of Jesus. You get the mind of Jesus. Even though I was just a little boy and my daddy got sick when I was nine, he died when I was 11. I've had numerous people tell me, they, you know, they would hear me in my 40s and 50s and they'd say, do you know that you sound like him? I said, what? Your, your syntax, your... The, the, the way you enunciate and pronunciate, I said, he had bad grammar too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, speech, that's not a DNA component. That's a learned, like an audiovisual. You know how parents will all say the same slang, y'all, and they'll draw. Somebody in this church makes fun of the way I say water. They say I say water, but it's because I do. Um, but you, you learn those things, and some of y'all don't realize that you sound just like your mama. You sound just like your daddy. I know you didn't want to be, and I don't want to be nothing like you. sound just like her, and when you get old, you're going to look like her, and you're going to look like daddy. Because the way we talk and the way we view life is caught by those we spend the most time with. And a servant gets to walk with Elijah. You get to walk with the Lord. You get to go to work with the Lord. You get to raise your babies with the Lord. See, we think about it when we're in the hospital and you'll hear people say, I don't know how they do it without the Lord. That, that's just that much. You get to do everything with the Lord. You get to go to bed in his presence. You cut your sandwich in his presence. You crank your car in his presence. You take the good news in his presence. You take the bad news in his presence. You are delivered in his presence. You walk through fiery furnaces in his presence. The, the favorite part of my Christianity is let us go to the other side. That us come with. Not every son lives with his father. That's the story of the prodigal. And when a son is willing to walk away, the father lets him walk. But a servant says, I want to be with you. I want to be a bondslave. I want to be your servant. I go where you go. I love that the book of James, uh, I alluded to this Wednesday night. James, the brother of Jesus, the physical brother of Jesus, who was the most influential person in all of Christendom at the time of post-resurrection of Christ, introduces himself not as the pastor of the largest church in that geographical area. He doesn't even, listen to this, he doesn't introduce, see, we always introduce ourselves by the best part of who we are. Dr. Wood, how are you? Good, good to see you. Rightfully so. They don't give those things away. Do you know how James introduced himself? He said, James, not even the brother of the Lord Jesus. He didn't even say brother of Jesus Christ. He said, the servant of the Lord. 
I think some of you have underestimated the honor, the expectancy, and the glory of that title. I am a servant of the Lord Jesus, and I go with him. Never alone, never not watched, never not cared for, never not sharing one with another. In weakness and strength, success and failure, in season and out of season, in the mundane and the supernatural. I have so many stories, you know, and I allude to them about mama and, and daddy. And, you know, um, I stayed in trouble with mama because I talked back all the time. So I don't have a lot of stories to tell you about that, except I survived. <laughs> Young kids don't know what that means, but mama whip you. You know, I'd see dead relatives in the other room. But I deserved them all, trust me. And she let me slide on a couple of them. But I remember as a little boy one time, uh, mama was going somewhere and we, we didn't have no pool. We might have had one of them little turtles, you know, with a little pool. But somebody was going to a pool and mama was gonna go. And, uh, and she said, y'all can come with me. And I said, I'm gonna go with daddy. Cause daddy was my person when I was a little boy. I loved them both, but daddy was my person. And he said, well, mama's going to the pool. I said, this doesn't matter. And he said, you don't know where I'm going. And I remember this. I don't care. I just want to go with you. Did you know? This is just being fully transparent. The most alive I feel in my life is when my children just want to go with me. And I give them all these opportunities. I never make them feel bad. I never do the dramatic, okay, I'll just go by myself. But you can ask Kelly, I do it every day. Uh, Daddy's going to go feed the fish. Anybody want to go? Sometimes they go, sometimes they don't. I'm going to go get the mail. Anybody want to go? I'm telling you the last 2%, I want to see who wants to go, not based on where I'm going, but because I'm going. And Viv will say, I go, daddy. And I... How often does the Lord smile like that because you just want to go with him? You remember when Paul and Silas were in prison and the earthquake came? And the bonds broke off of them and they didn't leave. He, I think I'd have ran out. I, I, I think I would have just get out while the getting's good, you know. Well, say, Paul, you know, Paul, why, why didn't y'all leave? Well, the Lord was here. You get it? The servant of the Lord gets to walk with his master. And Enoch walked with God. And Enoch had this testimony that he walked with God and he pleased the Lord. You remember what I told you about just going with him? Brings pleasure. And then one day he was not for God took him. <laughs> I love that verse. I believe Enoch's going to be one of the two witnesses that comes back right, before, right during the tribulation and preaches to Israel and the nations. But one day he was walking with God and God said, Enoch, how long have we been walking together? Oh, long time, Lord. Well, it's now closer to my house than it is yours. Let's go home. And he just took him. And there's a day coming very soon when some of us, when the rapture of the church comes, 
your plan is to make it to heaven distant from the Lord's hand. I go with you. Put that on your refrigerator. I go with you. If your presence don't go, I don't want to go. Yeah, but there's all this. If it ain't his will, if it's not his way, if it's not his plan, I don't want to go. The answer is no. Number three, the servant of the Lord gets to serve his master. Look at verse 21, 1 Kings 19, 21. And he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Can I just read this verse to you out of 2 Kings 3? The king said, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water over the hands of Elijah. Your Christianity changes, purifies, and revolutionizes you when you understand that everything is unto him. It gives dignity to being a mama of three or four kids and watching and taking care of them. You watching kids, Jesus wouldn't watch. But you watching them and raising them for the glory of the Lord. You go to work where you're not seen, recognized, appreciated, or rewarded, and you work for the glory of the Lord. You, you, you witness for the glory of the Lord. You reach out to, for the glory of the Lord. The dignity of the Christian is the why of servanthood. You get to serve the Lord. That's why he said, even a cup of cold water, if you give it in my name, there's a reward to it. We serve the Lord. We serve him personally. Not second person. Bless their hearts, Olivia and Isabel. Let me tell you one of the things they do. I've always called them girls since they went, girls, and they both holler, yeah. Hey, I need you to uh, go get daddy's phone. And immediately, Isabel will go, Olivia. <laughs> Without fail, and then Olivia is slow to the, to the match, and she'll go, uh, but, but Izzy done got to jump on her. And then I will just say, never mind. And then they'll both run to get it. I said, I said never mind. If you, if you don't want to do it for me, never mind. And I don't make a big deal out of it, but I want them to learn. Because, see, y'all know this. Y'all didn't tell me, but there's more to parent than just feeding and clothing. I got to raise you. I am teaching you spiritual realities through temporal circumstances. So when you hear the Lord's voice and he goes, John, and I go, Kelly, you can't do that. You don't pass it off to someone else. He said, Kelly does 95% of stuff. I ain't calling her. I'm calling you. We get to serve him personally, sacrificially, continuously, and joyfully. Oh, and another thing, serve the Lord with gladness. If you can't do it with joy, quit. Better to be unprofitable and carnal than to think God doesn't know the difference. There you go, John. Happy Pastor Appreciation Day. Now, at this stage in my life, I'd take a gift card to Outback from the devil. If it was on fire, if it was on fire, I'd just get salad tongs, pull it out and go eat some cheese fries. Fellas, can I have amen? How do you pray over that? Lord, you can't say bless this food to the nurse around bodies. You can't say that. 3,000 fat grams. 3,000. 
2,000 fat grams. So what do you say? God, thank you for this whole mess. Amen. That's all he said. Your service should be the basis of everything you do and say. Listen, I was talking about Isabel and Olivia. Regardless of what other people do or prioritize, my service, me and Mariana spent 20 years together serving in this church. Her service is totally independent of me. We might do stuff together, but it has nothing to do with it. Don't get in the habit of, well, other, other people will do it. From greeting, aren't our greeters wonderful? Are you, will you honor them? And Jake and Carla and our team. And of course, it has to rain on cake auction Sunday, you know, and you put everything out. But there are people, when they hear these needs, they see the missionaries, they hear about caring solutions, they see the youth and the children. You know what they do? Isabel or Olivia. The truth is, in this house is everything we need to do everything in this house and some. If we just serve the Lord, regardless of what you do, I'm not, and, and, and stop, if you're serving, don't keep track of other people. Do you know how, how that messes you up? If they're better than you, you're going to feel defeated. And if they're less than you, you're going to feel proud. You lose either way. Just let them be. But, but John, they're crazy. And, and they think you're crazy. If you've shook their hand, they're crazy. Yes, yes. And finally, on number three, we get to serve with great motivation. From a place of revelation, of love and adoration, appreciation and reward. I have people that do things for me based on who my mama and my daddy were. You, you, you her son. I went to get my ordination interview 103 years ago. I went, and there was a man sitting across from me. His glasses were down here. He had a bunch of lines in his glasses. I didn't understand that then, but I get it now. And he goes, he, he said, John, John Wood, John, John Wood. You wouldn't happen to be Roger Wood's son, would you? Roger and Sandra, said, yes, sir. Boy, stand to your feet. And he hugged me. And then he grabbed me by the shoulders and he goes, you have a backslide, I'll kill you. <laughs> what he was saying is, there's great investment here. Don't be a fool. Okay. Your service should come from a place of revelation. I was redeemed, not with the blood of bulls and goats, but with the precious blood of the Son of God. So there's an expectation on me. That I give the Lord my best. I'm not competing with anybody. Some of us have one gift, some five, some 10 talents, some 20. God's looking for the earnestness and the yield is commensurate. It's not based on the things that this world teaches you. It's how we do what we do. Joyfully and for the Lord's glory. Great motivation. I know that I'm going to stand before the Lord one day. And some of you, you've got your theology from songs and, and, and it's wrong. Some of them. And I lo listen, I love the hymns. I love gospel music. I love some of the songs today. But the theology is kind of sketchy. I remember one of the hymns. I love the hymn. When I kneel in prayer, I hope to meet you there. Precious Jesus, hold my hand. Hope. 
hope to meet you there like Jesus might not be in. Hope. And some of you, I'm going to cast my crowns at his feet. Nope, not in the scripture. That's what the elders do around the throne. Your crowns in heaven are given by the Lord to distinguish you in the kingdom based on your works. We're not wearing them for our glory. We're wearing them for his glory. Now this, listen, this is a provoking unto good works. There will be people in heaven called great in the kingdom and others called least in the kingdom. That's your choice. There'll be preachers called least in the kingdoms in the kingdom and single mamas with five and six kids called great in the kingdom. You choose. You choose. Do you give your life in measure or do you pour it out upon the Lord? Y'all, it goes faster when I preach. I run out of time. You're going to be tested with opportunities to turn back. In 2 Kings, Elijah tells him, you know, there's a test of his affections. He had to leave his mom and dad. The test of his possessions. He had to kill the the, uh, oxen and burn the plow. There's a test of his sincerity. And when the Lord was about to take up Elijah in a whirlwind, Elijah said, tarry here while I go to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord liveth, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And then when they got to Bethel, he said, stay here while I go to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord liveth, I'm not going to leave you. And then from Jericho to Jordan, he told Elisha, tarry here, stay here. And Elisha said, as the Lord liveth and thy soul liveth, I'm not going to leave you. And the Lord and others will give you many opportunities to turn back. There's a hidden message here and I don't have time to spend long on it. But when, when he invited him to come, he had to leave his family. That was hard. He had to leave his possessions. And then when he was in Bethel, Bethel was a place of, of supernatural power and ministry where Jacob's ladder was. And God will call you away from a wonderful season into a difficult season or a place of ease into a place of difficulty, a, a beautiful place into a barren place. But Elisha didn't make his decisions based on where he was going, but on who was going. You see? And then he left Bethel, the sweet spot, to Jericho. There's a land of cursing. And then he went from Jericho to Jordan, which means death. Your sincerity will be tested along the way. Tested in our limitations and our weaknesses. There needs to be within each of us, as thy soul liveth. I'm not going to depart from you. If our musician would come, please. And then for the servant of the Lord. Oh, I've been waiting all morning to tell you this. There are opportunities that come to the servant that do not come to sons. Invitations from the Lord. And also opportunities to ask of the Lord. Elijah just turned to Elisha one day and said, Ask what I can do for you before I'm taken away from you. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Just because you're right here, 
What can I do for you? You remember when Simon Peter, James and John, they're cleaning their nets and Jesus said, would you let, let out here for me uh, so I can teach from the water? They're tired, they're worn out. He said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And they sat in the boat while Jesus taught. So imagine if you're them. You're sitting in the boat and Jesus is teaching. The word was for everybody. And when he got done teaching, he turned to the servant. Y'all catching this? The word was for everybody. And he said, now let's go out and throw your nets in for a deep catch. What? I got something for you. The servant gets unexpected blessings and he even has opportunity to write his own ticket at times and what you say in that moment tells me more about you than anything else what would you have me do for you Bartimaeus said Lord that I might receive my sight and he opened his eyes I'm, I'm just asking what would have happened if Bartimaeus said we have a blind colony up the road. Will you come here and open their eyes? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all this other stuff will be added. Make sure when, you, when the Lord asks you, what do you want me to do for you? Make sure your answer is about him and about his glory. He said, I just on a double portion of your spirit. He said, well, you, you've asked a hard thing. Not hard to give because you got, you got to see me when I leave. I, you know, if you read the Old Testament, you read that and you go, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. What he says is, you got to be near me to get stuff like that. So if I got to be near you close enough that when you're taken away to see you, the qualification was nearness. And the servant of the Lord lives to serve. And Elisha poured cool water over the hands of Elijah. And he said, well, that's no problem. I'm a shoe in because I'm going with you. And before long, a chariot of fire came from heaven and picked up Elijah. And Elisha hollered out, my father, my father, uh, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Now watch. And come fluttering to the earth was a mantle. And he recognized that mantle. And oh, I got a word for somebody right here. You're not worthy to wield it until you've wore it. That was a servant's mantle. He said, I'm familiar with that. And you know what he did? He, walked, he had the audacity to imitate his Lord. And he walked over to the Jordan where Elijah had smote it with the mantle and it parted. And this servant, this guy that follows an ox said, where is the God of Elijah? And he smote the ground and the Jordan backed up and moved away. I want everybody to look this way. And the public, the prophets, those that were standing around, you know what they said? The same spirit that rested upon Elijah rests upon Elisha. And for those of you that serve the Lord, his spirit will rest upon you. You will have power, 
but that's not what we do it for. You will have recognition, but that's not what we do it for. We do it so that we can be as close to him as his presence, his breath. Well, the call is out there. The hour short. And he's going to go over the records in heaven. Guys, I'm not going to play that song at the end. We'll just close here in a moment. We are moments away from the Bema seat of Jesus Christ. Or we give an account for opportunities. For hours, for years, for dollars, for giftings, for abilities. And some of us haven't studied all semester. But you can cram for the final. You, 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 you can do this. I, I'm not, I don't need your money. I'm not, I'm not asking. But some of you have the ability. You have the ability that you and a couple of businessmen could get together and brainstorm and pay this building off. Not for no John Wood. My buddy pastors in Smyrna and they built a building because they were growing and a, a couple came down front, just average people. And he said, Pastor, we have something we want to give to the Lord. And he said, okay. He said, Praise the Lord. It was like 700 and something thousand dollars. I was like, what? I said, what happened? He said, well, he and his wife retired or were retiring that year and they had $700,000 in their Coca-Cola stock and he said baby you got five or ten more years in you can we just pay off our church and now if a preacher manipulates that out of you that's wrong but from their heart they back their retirement up now, you can say what you want. Well, I just don't believe in all that. Well, you're incorrect because the scripture, they're going to be called front and center. So it'd be like, Louise, you, you and Skippy, come on up here. Come here. How tired were you in the last 10 years? I was tired up in here. I heard something about you. I heard you paid off a local church. And they're going to receive reward <laughs> from Christ. We're accumulating our story. It's a life lived. It's not about, see the world here is personal recognition. No, all the faces blend together. But it's for the glory of the Lord. For the glory of the Lord. It's time to ratchet up. It's time to serve the Lord. I'm in. If you need, I'll do it. I might not be good at it, but I'll do it for the Lord, for the Lord, for the Lord. Does this resonate in your heart today? Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? Jason, would you come up in just a moment? I want you to close in prayer. I know I went over a little bit this morning. Um, it's not too late. It's not too late. To, it's not pad your resume. It's create a resume. One day, I hope so. 
I'm going to stand in front of the great shepherd. John, I heard you started a church. I heard you didn't have no education. That's true. I heard you were very limited in your gift. That's true. That's true. Who'd you do this for, Lord? For you? With mixed motives, I'm sure. I may receive from the Lord the shepherd's crown. Isn't he worth it? Isn't he worthy? Waste your life on the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. You're called. And what you do with that call is up to you. this morning let us pray Lord thank you for this word thank you for the call for each one of us have been called to be your children I pray as we go forth this word stir in us a relentless determination a surrendered heart and, and a drive to be servants for you God not for the approval of man, not for anything other than to bring a smile to your face with a posture of heart that says, wherever you're going, I want to go. I go with you. May that be our mantra in the back of our mind. When we see the opportunities to serve you, may we just surrender ourselves to you and say, I go with you, God. We thank you for this word and this time together, Lord. And we just honor you and glorify you and love you so much for your glory. May we all go forward and be honorable servants for you. Amen.